You are listening to World Harvest Church's weekly podcast. WHC is a cross-cultural church with passion for reaching the lost and hurting. We are mission-minded and committed to raising up generations of mighty men and women of God. If you're in the Atlanta area, check us out on Sunday mornings at either 9 or 11.15 a.m. or on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. From wherever you're listening, we hope this week's message empowers you to grow and go. Allowing God's Word to work for you. Putting pressure on the Word so it works for you. When I was in Africa, I think it was Ling and Dan, you were at the same trip I was in. We're at the foot of the Drakensberg Mountains. And I got up one morning, and there was a farmer plowing. And this is a weird thing to see in today's age. He had three yoke of oxen, six oxen. He had them all, you know, yoked up. And he was an African, and he had his plow. And he was plowing this field. And I mean, I could not believe the strength of those six oxen. Because he dug that plow. They are the strength of a tractor. He was digging that thing about a foot and a half deep and just turning the sod up. And just those things were just pulling, pulling, pulling. And he had that whip and he'd crack it to get out of line. And he'd yell at them. I don't know what it was. Some kind of Zulu language. He was yelling. And I was just fascinated as he plowed one way, turned the whole six oxen around and plowed the other way. You know, he wasn't doing the work. It was the oxen. They were the ones pulling that plow. They were pulling. And I want to talk about this word. This word is like a, it's, it's like a, a yoke of oxen. It will work for you. But you've got to learn how to get behind it and let it dig into the things of the Spirit and begin to plow a furrow for you and begin to pull you through to everything you want. It will work for you. It'll pull you out of a relational uh, uh, swamp. It'll pull you. The Word, the Word has the power to pull you out of any muck and mire. Do you understand that? The Word has the power to take you out of sickness and disease into healing and blessing. The Word has the power to take you out of financial lack into provision that's from heaven. It's the Word of God. But what happens is we don't really understand the mechanics of how do I put the Word to work? I got How do I hook up my oxen? To make it work. And God has no favorites. Everyone is God's favorite. I know you may feel like you're God's favorite. I know it's something like when you get with God, oh God, I must be your favorite. But unfortunately, everyone is God's favorite. But I believe you can gain more by learning how to pull more into this word. Because God works through his word. Say that. God works through his word. And if you'll get that down in your heart, that the Word of God contains His power. In the Word is the power to bring healing, is the power to bring relational restoration. Because God's Word is spiritual. Our trouble is we get stuck in our noggin. Your little noggin. You got a little force going around there. But you're not a brain, you're a spirit. You're a spirit. And this book is spiritual. This book has the power to change lives. This book has the power to transform minds. This book has the power to take sick bodies and make them well. You know, we thank God for medicine. But medicine is extremely limited. God's word is completely unlimited. 
God can raise dead people. God can cause crippled to walk. God, listen to me, God specializes in the impossibility. But it's the power that's in the word. The written word was given to us to show us the living word, which is Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is the living word. But you'll know the word, you'll know Jesus only through the word. You can only know him through the word. You can't know him by your feelings. You can't know him just by, well, I want to think about who he is. No, you only know him by the word of God. The word of God is the foundation of all life. Woo, I love teaching this stuff. The Bible says the word of God framed the world. The Bible says that the word of God, you are, if you are a born-again Christian, you are birthed by the word of God. As Psalm 107, uh, 20, one of my favorite scriptures says, God sent his word and healed them. Because the word of God is containing the power that you need to bring the change that you're looking for in your life. Hallelujah. So how will the miracle come for my life? If you find yourself in a box, you find yourself in a corner, you don't know how to get out. Let me tell you the way out. It's the word of God. Well, how do I work it? We got a step there. There's steps here I want to give. But step number one, you have to be totally committed to the word of God. What does that mean? It's like a decision you make. I'm going to live my life according to this book. I'm not going to bring in my opinions and what I think, whatever I find in the word. And what our problem is, if you've been in church very long, our sin is the sin of over-familiarity with the word of God. We become religious. As soon as we hear a sermon, I know that. That's your pride speaking. Your spirit doesn't know that. Well, I'm real smart. That sometimes can be a problem. Your mind can shut down the faith that God needs to come out of your heart. We kind of watch for being religious. And then the next thing right behind religious is mental assent. Mental assent says, I agree with it. But there's real no change on the inside. Because you just agree with it mentally. But you're really not acting on it in your spirit. Faith without works is dead. That's a great definition for mental assent. Mental assent is simply agreeing with the word, but there's no, no corresponding action. And guess what? You, if you don't have action with it, it's like having a, a whole team of oxen never hooked up to the plow. All you got is the plow and the sod. And some of us end up just trying to push the plow by ourselves. We don't get very far. But God's word gets us where we need to go. Amen? Amen? But this Bible talks about this book is like a gold treasure. It's worth more than silver. It's worth more than gold. Because the insight it gives you will give you keys that will unlock doors to the varied inheritance God has for you. We've got to look at it as a treasure. It is a treasure. And we need to develop a holy reverence and awe. I've been teaching on this thing for weeks. America's demise in the church is because we've lost respect for the word of God. 
Satan understands. First of all, Satan's very afraid of this book. He'll ban it from schools. Hotels now, I'll talk to the Gideons, are blocking the Bible to come into a hotel because it's now a hate book. Why would Satan go to such lengths? Because he is scared of that word. He knows what it will do. And so America, we've lost respect for this book. We no longer stand in, in reverence of it. The Bible says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Well, the fear of the Lord begins with this book. If you recognize that every word spoken is eternal, unchanging, and God could care less what you think, you either get on the word and write it, or the word will write over you. There are no exceptions. But if you get inside your heart how important the word is, and surrender your life to it. That's so important. That's like step one. That God and his word are one. And whatever God says, it happens. I'm sorry, folks. He's coming soon. I'm sorry, folks. He told us exactly what's going to happen. He said there will be a one world government. And eventually all finances will be done through a chip. He predicted that thousands of years ago. Whatever he says, that's the way it's going to be. So you need to understand that I've got to have a new place of respect for this word and that this word brings life to me. It, it actually, even though you might not figure it with your head, but it brings life to you because God's word is the source of all life. It's called the word of life. You know what Jesus turned to his disciples because they all were leaving him in John 6 because they said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. They never asked him the spiritual significance. They just took it at face value and left. And so Jesus turns to his disciples, will you leave also? And Peter said to him, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Whatever you say brings life to my life. And whatever I embrace that's what happens to me. And so God's word is, is truth. God's word's reality. Now, if anyone's done any building, you have different tools. You have a level. You know I have a level? Well, it looks like this is straight to me. I don't know. Some people have very different eyes. For me, I have an eye. I can see a picture that's not leveled by a sixteenth of an inch. I said, that, that picture's crooked. So in my house, I put levels on my pictures. You can ask my wife, is that level? Now, they don't use levels in building homes anymore. <laughs> Take a level, go around a new home. They have a little bubble. You put it up there, and what you think is level cannot be level, but the little bubble is true. We have a transit here, a three-pronged thing with a little, like a little telescope on it, and we had to do some grading out here. And what you think, I tell you, that transit tells you, with that little stick, it tells you exactly how high and low you are. It'll never lie. Well, I think, forget what you think, go by the transit. We have plumb bobs, the old plumb bob, the plumb line. 
Years ago, I'd, I'd hang commercially wallpaper, and you had to go by, if you got that paper right, you better go by the plumb bob. That plumb bob, you hold that plumb bob where that plumb bob is, that's the truth. The word is a plumb bob. The word's a level. The word's a transit. I don't care what it looks like. You've got to get this places. It doesn't matter. It could be crooked. And when I tell you, the world's so goofed up, the whole world's leaning, and they say it's straight. And God's word says, no, you're completely off morally. It says, your mind's goofed up. Hallelujah. Don't get me started. How can you look at a man and a woman? What kind of brain says that you have to wait till you're 18 to determine what sex you are? I hate to say it, but 30 years ago, we'd call you a moron. <laughs> We're completely out of balance. We've lost reality. The truth, the Bible says, you know the truth. And the, and the Greek means reality. God's word is true. It's reality. Everything else is false. The reality is the word of God. Amen. 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 Here's the fact, folks. Your spirit's here only a little while. And then you leave this planet. And the reality is you either go to heaven or hell. That's reality. And so we have to make a commitment. That it's God speaking to me. And when Peter heard those words, said, he had the words from Jesus. said, who do, you, who do men say that I am? He said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you. But my father revealed it. My father showed it to you. You got that revelation on the inside of you. And then he went on to say, he said, upon this revelation, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my church. And I'm going to give you keys. And through the keys, we'll be able to, whatever you bind shall be bound. Whatever you, whatever you loose shall be loosed. And he said, listen, the revelation of the word of God is the key that will unlock every door that you're trying to get through. It's the word of God. Everybody say, it's the word of God. The answer is in the word of God. And sometimes I get upset with psychobabble people. I've seen Christian books. I throw in the trash. Here was, here, was, here was the book. Who am I really? Someone's trying to get their family together. So this counselor gave this book, Who Am I Really? I looked and flipped it through it. They had one of the scriptures at the beginning. The rest was psychobabble. Psychobabble. The word of God, if you're going to counsel, counsel on one scripture verse or everything you give me. Otherwise, it's psychobabble. You got that? I've got to discover myself. <laughs> what? That's psychobabble. Let me tell you who you are. You're a child of Almighty God. You're born of God. And God's got a purpose for your life. And I've got to live my life according to the word of God. I cannot live it by the dictates of the, of the culture of today. Because they are, they are upside down, inside out, back to front. Excuse me while I get a little... To the point. Amen? But the word of God will give you insight into your life. It's, it's like the light shines because we cannot see. But the word of God will open up our eyes so we can see as things really are. So that's commitment to the word of God. That sounds so, well, I know that. No, no. We need, I, I should teach it for four more weeks. Because that point right there is the foundation of everything else. 
if this is not adhered to, then everything else goes crooked. And so we've got to... We've got to understand this about the Word of God. Here's my second point, that God's Word will produce. It will produce. It has the power to produce. Everybody say, God's Word God. will produce. Oh, yes, it will. And you've got to take the religious blinders off you and see that this is what Scripture has to say, that it is alive and active and powerful. It, it, can, it, can, it can produce. And in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, we get this story of where this parable where Jesus says, the sower sows the Word. He's all talking about the power of the Word. And then explaining the parable, he said, Satan comes, some falls on the pathway. Satan comes immediately to take the word because Satan doesn't want the word in your heart because he realizes the word will do something. It will produce what God created to produce. I said, the word's a seed. It's got the DNA of God. It'll reproduce who God is in you. He doesn't want that to happen. He says, well, and then he said, the next seed falls on ground where people take it and they say, this is the word of God. I believe it. Now, this is what most happens to most believers. I like what it has to say. I like what it has to say about healing. I like what it has to say about a change in my life. It can change my heart. But it says when tribulation and persecution come because of the word, what does that mean? Well, all of a sudden the devil puts pressure on you and the pressure is, see, it's not working. I'm still sick. I'm standing in faith, but I'm still sick. I'm still sick. And the devil will beat you up and eventually you'll get mad at the preacher because he even preaches that. And even the preacher I had last, oh, I won't go with my point myself. Some preacher sometime said, you teach a hard word. A hard word. It's the, it's the Bible. You know what's hard? Is enduring persecution by the devil. Sickness and disease and having homes broken up and all your children go awry. That's hard. Don't tell me the word's hard. The word is a sword to fight against what the enemy is bringing against me. Hey, welcome to life. It's a battle. It's, I mean, it's a battle to the, to the death. And I'm not dying in Jesus' name. You've got to make up your mind in Jesus' name. It's a, this is a sword. But this word is so powerful. And then the word, God says, that the third soul is that it goes to the good ground, but then thorns, thorns. It says the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches and the pursuit of other things. And really what that's doing is the world wants to take your attention off the word of God. And it's so easy. In America, it's so easy. We have the internet. We have our phones. We have social media. So you can doom scroll. We have everything out there that's to mess with your head. It's just out there. I don't know of another generation, wherever you, wherever you look is... There's a video. Like, I'm not, like, we went out to eat, what was it, last Monday. Took the kids, waited like an hour. Was it an hour? It was in Marietta Square. She said, this is the, this is the, this is the taco place of all taco places. I guess it was, because it was an hour wait. So we walked around the square. I studied statues. I looked at trees. And my wife said, look at this tree. And uh, it's amazing what you can do for one hour. But I'm not forgetting my point. We got all of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, videos. So we go in the, you know, we're supposed to be a family event, right? So you sit down. Now, I'm not good at this. Have huge TVs on the wall, like right next to you. And they got football playing. And so you're eating. You're eating. I, I'm, 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 
I cannot have a video around me because I will always, so my wife just rolled her eyes. It's supposed to be a family event. We're supposed to be coming into the family and discussing things. Does anybody feel the pain that sometimes I feel? Listen, so we had a, so don't get me in a, I mean, Taco Mac is the worst place to put me. You almost forget what you're eating. But what I'm saying is this is our life in America. We have so many distractions. And, and where, the, where Proverbs 4.20 says, pay attention to my word. See, this thing doesn't work. You cannot, if you want the word to work for you, you've got to realize there are many things out there that will cause the word not to work. And what happens is we get a little bit of the word and it doesn't work. We say, well, it doesn't work. No, 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 no. You've got to pay more attention to it. You don't need a lot of verses. Pick one verse for healing if you have to. Pick one verse. He sent his word and healed you and delivered you from all your destruction. Psalm 107.3. Or Isaiah 53.4. Surely he, he took my pains and he carried. Or he, surely he took my sickness and carried my pains. Just one verse. For prosperity, one verse. Deuteronomy 8.18. For God gives you the power to get wealth. There's other scriptures you can use. God delights in the prosperity of his servants. But that verse has got to become a part of you. You've got to pay attention to it. It's, how do I pay attention? Well, maybe you write them on cards. Maybe you stick them on places. Maybe you get to it and you maybe you just, like I've got some things right now. I said, Lord, reveal this to me throughout the day. Reveal this to me. Make this alive to me. Make this, let's pay attention to the word. Paying attention to the word. And, and, and then you've got to pay attention to the fact that the word of God is going to become more serious to you than any, in anything you can ever imagine. You see, if you're very serious about the word, now maybe I'm old school. But this pastor, I will on purpose go to conferences so I get the word. I will drive. I'm going to go again the week after next. I'll go for three days. I just want the word of God. Why? I've got to get fed the word of God. Well, don't you listen to CDs? Of course I do. Don't you know about MP3 press? I know about that. Don't you know you can get sermons on YouTube? I can get that. But I also need the living word of God preached by a preacher I can see, and I usually sit in the spit zone. I always go right to the front because I don't want to miss anything. I don't want babies or people talking or other stuff. Don't distract me because I am here on purpose to get the word of God. You know, when I was fighting cancer, I didn't just take it lightly. Some people take healing. Yeah, I believe God for healing. Amen. And just go right about your, your life. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. If you don't get this, you're going to die. Pay attention. So I took time out of my work. I went to conferences. Ten days at a time. Five hours of meetings. Twice a day. And then pick up and go someplace else and do it again. And then go all the way to Tulsa. Very few people do this, I find out. Because people, I, I, I be good, and then I'll do your funeral. You've got to go to Tulsa, and for two hours a day in the morning, two hours in the morning, you, you know, God watches what you're doing. Fly there, get a hotel, rent a car, drive there, sit there for two hours to hear the word of God. Well, can't you get it on YouTube? I know many people out there, you know, I don't go to church because, hey, it's right here. It's different than being in a house. 
It's different being under the anointing. Now, we thank God. You can get a lot on the YouTube. Thank God for it. I'm not discounting it. Thank God for the word. It gets out anyway. But the point is, you've got to make, you got to give attention to it. And, if, and because the fourth soil, here's what the reason for the word is. To produce fruit. Do you realize that whatever God says can't be changed? When he says you can be healed by my word, write it down. Well, I've not been healed. Understand it's not God. Now, we've got doctors, thank God, for mercy. Otherwise, very few of us would be here. But that's not God's best. Now, I will preach God's best. God's best is that the word of God works for you. Do you know what? If, if there's any poor among you, there's a way to get out of poverty supernaturally by the power of God. You know, God can take people that have very little education. I'm not against education. Get all the education you can. But God doesn't have to have edu edu education. All right, Bill Swad here. He is worth hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions. He owned property all over, the, all over the country. He had five of the largest car dealerships, five in the country. He was number one. He had 10th grade education. But he loved God, and he was a giver. Norval Hayes, the same way. He quit him in 10th grade. Nothing magic about quitting in 10th grade. But God, made, God gave him millions. So I'm saying there's the power. Does that make sense? That the word of God is the power. It will produce the fruit every single time. And if it's not producing fruit, we got to weed our garden. you got to pay more attention. Shut the television off. Shut down the social media. And you got to pay attention. you got to pay attention. This thing is not a joke in Jesus' name. And it will change your heart. You know, the Bible says, out of 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we with unveiled face, beholding as a mirror, the glory of God. But what's the mirror? It's the word of God. James says it. It's the mirror. It's the word of God. You behold in a mirror. You take a look at who you are in Christ. You and what God has for you. As a mirror, he says you'll be changed from glory to glory. If you have relational issues, you should live in, in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Live there. Well, I know what it says. No, you don't. It's not working out in you. There's something about the word. The more you read it, the more it gets in you. Does that make sense? And the more it gets in you, the more it becomes a part of you. And I found out sometimes whatever your need is, get a big bag of seed just on that need. And you listen while you're driving in the car, CDs just on that need. When you're at home, you get cards you write out and you quote them out just on that need. And I found, I just cut out all reading. I don't read, I, I want one thing. If I'm focusing on one thing, I want to read about one thing. And that's what I need. It takes discipline. It takes focus. But if you want the word of work, you've got to really get up there and do it. Because if it doesn't work, it's not God's fault. Does that make sense to you? But I want you to get excited about the fact it will produce. Everybody say, God's word will always produce what it set out to do. It will always do it. Listen, listen, there are scriptures for prosperity. You get them deep in you. I promise you God will begin to grow it on the inside of you. His words are life and his words are spirit. And you are a spirit. You get it on the inside of you. It will cause you to rise up in Jesus' name. This house that you're sitting in is birthed out of the spirit. 
This whole church is birthed out of the Spirit. It's what God showed me. It's something that I had a, uh, you, you don't think we had challenges along the way? Ha, ha, ha. But it will produce, it will produce. Many of you have ministry calls in you. There's seeds in there. The seed is there. But you got to water it. you got to tend to your garden. A lot of people have crop failures. That's why they don't get to where they need to in life. You've got to get very, 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 very serious about what you put in your spirit. And you've got to get very, very, very deliberate about I'm putting this word in me for this result. And I'm pulling out everything that distracts me. Now, if you, now if you hang with other people, they're going to call you a fanatic. That's a bit extreme. You know, I don't really care what they say. Because I'm not here. You're not living my life. I've got to live my life for me. And it says Isaiah 55. Now I've got to move it. Isaiah 55, one of my favorite scriptures, talking about the power of the word of God to produce. It says here, verse 11, or 10, 11. For as the rain comes down, a very scripture, but let's just break it down slowly. As the rain comes down and snow from heaven. Now what's rain? Water. What's snow? Water. It does not return there, and do not return there, but waters the earth. And it makes, it bring forth bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. The word of God, everything God does brings life. And life is represented by water. But that's just an analogy to show you that whatever it touches, it produces. Now watch here, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my, my, my mouth. What word? All his words. It shall not return to me void or will not come back fruitless. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Let me tell you this. The word of God spoken over you. You might have a prophetic word. It registers in your spirit. Don't let go of it. In Jesus' name. Don't let go of the word of God. Don't let go of what God spoke to you as a revelation in your spirit regarding the word of God. About your life. About your future. Don't let go of it. In Jesus' name. You know, when I was like a young man, early 20s, Larry Huggins gave me a word. I was in a service, he came forward, and he prophesied to me about my life. I still have that, back then it was cassette, still got the cassette. Every now and again, listen to it. But everything I'm doing right now, he prophesied when I was just years ago. Because God speaks something. Let me say this, when God speaks something, what he needs from us is our, co our cooperation. It's not automatic. Prophetic words don't come automatically. The word of God won't work for you auto automatically. You have got to make a decision. No, no, this is going to come. I'm going to actually put it in my heart. I'm going to speak it back to God. But it will not produce nothing. It's going to produce in me. And you've got to get this in you, that the word of God will produce in you in Jesus' name. God's word will never come back void. And so the entrance of your word gives light, Psalm 119, 130. And it gives understanding to the simple. It gives illumination. Hallelujah. And so we got to put, uh, I want to go to step number three. We got to put, step three is put pressure on the word. Put pressure on the word. Well, I don't see it working. I don't see my marriage coming about. I don't see me getting married. I don't know where, where she is. I don't see what the issue is with my job. I don't see the finances. Put pressure on the word. How do I put pressure on the word? Well, first of all, you put pressure by, you, you put pressure by, listen, I'm going to attend to it. You know what Joshua 1.8, it says, meditate in the word day and night. You know what that simply means? That you're continuing 
You continue in. You continue in the word. It's like you think about the word going to bed. You think about the word when you get up. The word is not something you just read in the morning for five minutes. It's something that you can carry on. Now, I'm a particular, I'm, I'm going through a bit of a faith challenge right now, and I've got scriptures, I've got cards that I look at throughout the day. I'm feeding myself, I've got to give attention to it, but I'm putting pressure. I'm putting, no, no, God, I'm putting pressure. What you do is you get your bag of seeds, say, okay, I'm taking this up to another level. Does that make sense? I'm putting pressure on the Word of God. I have to deal with every area in my life, but so should you too. All you out there. You see, you have to realize when Jesus told Martha, 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 she's running around. She had a gift of hospitality that went amok. And Mary is just sitting there listening to Jesus teach. And Martha, can you imagine, she's going from the kitchen to the living room, living room to the, to the, to the central foyer, coming back, and she's seeing Martha just sitting there. And she got madder and madder. Finally, she just had a, a hissy fit. She comes to Jesus, Jesus! You see me working over here? And this Mary, my sister, just sitting here listening to you. She needs to get to getting. And what Jesus, I can see Jesus looking at her with a smile, with a cough, soft, calm voice. Martha, Martha. You know what, Martha? You're told about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good thing. What's the, what's the one thing needed? The Word of God. The Word of God. Everybody say the Word of God. It's like when Abraham was told by God, think about this. Abraham, you're going to have a child. 25 years goes by. But in Romans 4, it says these words. And I love it about Abraham. That's why it's called the father of faith. He, he believed what God said. He had that assurance. If God said it, it's going to come to pass. I don't care how crazy it sounds. He said he did not consider his own, his own body, which was now dead. If you're near, a, if, you're, if you're 100, you're pretty well dead. I mean, that area of, you know, reproductive capacity. That's what I'm trying to say. He did not consider his own body. He did not waver in unbelief. Now get this. He did not waver in unbelief. But he, but he was fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. He was fully convinced. You've got to become fully convinced that Jesus in his word said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them. That is a fact. That is eternal. How to put pressure on the word. You take that word and you say to God, God, when you go to God, this is a legal document. Approach him like an attorney. Too many of us, we pray the problem. God, you see what's happening down here? My family's torn from the floor up. You got to do something. Help me, Jesus. You know, if you're a young believer, he may give you some grace. But the older you get, it's not going to work. You go to God. You say, God. Your word says that Jesus Christ became a curse on that tree for me. And you start listening to curses in Deuteronomy 28. You said, this is what the curse is, but Jesus said, you delivered me from that curse. 
You told me in 1 Peter 2, 24, that by his wounds, I was healed. That's what you said. And you begin to quote the scripture back to him and say, Lord, so I want to thank you that your word is true. I want to thank you that Jesus Christ, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that you're my healer, Jesus, today. Jesus, you're my healer. Jesus, you're my healer right now. Jesus, you're my healer. You can use it for your marriage. You say, or your own personal relationship. Sometimes relationships go awry. You can change. I share with the men on Saturday morning. We have a men's meeting, Saturday morning, 7.30. I talked about the responsibility you have for your relationships. It's on you. Relationships on you. But why has it on me? We're supposed to put off bitterness. Put off strife. We're supposed to clothe ourselves with meekness and humility. And above everything, put on love. But what is love? Love doesn't think about itself. thinks about you. Love has its eyes focused outward. What can I do for you? And so you got to speak it out of your heart. Well, how do I speak? You keep speaking. Get, get every love scripture you can find. Stick them on cards. Read them every day. Read them three times a day. Ask God, God, make this alive to me. What are you doing? You're putting pressure on the word. You let the oxen begin to pull that plow. Well, I don't see any change. I promise you. It will begin to bring change on the inside of you. The entrance of his word brings light. I promise you it will bring change. And so we've got to, instead of running around, we need less counseling and more determination. I'm going to put pressure on the word. Financially. I know what it's like to be financially strapped sometimes in this church. I know what it's like to have to say to go to God and say, okay, God, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to get the word that says give and it shall be given unto you. We'll up our giving. I'll go to Renee. I'll say, okay, empty that account out. We're giving it all away. Pastor? No, but you know what I love about her? She'll give me a check one time, but she says, if that's what God tells you, let's do it. Have we not some crazy giving in our, yours? Crazy. Stuff like, that's crazy. You're emptying at the bank. No, I'm putting pressure on the word of God. I said, God, you said your word, given it shall be given. I am given. Listen to me. I'm not backing off or not backing down. I'm taking it up a level. And let me tell you what happens. You become in a new place of giving because you realize that puts pressure on the devil because he doesn't want you to give what, you, what you're giving. So you take it up another level. You keep taking it up another level. You keep the pressure on. You keep the pressure on past tithing years ago. Double tithing years ago. That's like history for me. We're way past that. Why? Because my faith is built. I keep pressure, pressure, pressure. You know why this church is blessed? And listen, we had a great increase in the midst of COVID with half the people not showing up. Well, they go online. Yeah, maybe. All I know is you put pressure on the word of God by taking up more word in you and speaking it to God. You reason with God. You tell God this is what you're believing for. And based on what your word declares, let him have it. Let him have it. He likes that. Knowing that that pressure inside you and that word, it will produce the fruit. I want, to, I want you to know something. That there's a potential in that word to push you out of any box you find yourself in. It, I, and, and there's no doubt about it. There's absolutely no doubt about it. It works every single time. No exceptions. Now you should get excited. Because whatever issues you got in your life, God's got a solution to it. But we're going to put pressure. 
One little dab won't do. I tell people. They come to me, you know, one-eyed, drag, pastor. I think I want to follow the Lord. I said, well, good for you. I said, listen to me. I've told more than one. Be in church every time the doors open. Get as close to the front. Take notes. Apply the word. In two years, you'll be changed to another human being. Some people are actually taking up on that. You have to humble yourself. Now, if you say, well, I already know it. I'm good. I'm good. It depends if you want to go up. Normally, we don't start planning until we hit the storm. That's a, that's, a, that's a tough time to start building your foundation. Hallelujah. But Abraham believed God. Remember Paul? He was in the middle of the ocean with that boat. He was on this cruise that he wasn't asked. To, he, he, he told us it's going to not end well. Remember that? Acts 27. He stands up and says, he gathers all the people together. He said, hey, you all come here. An angel showed me a message. He gave me a message. He said, none of the people will be lost in the ship as long as we don't jump off. No one's going to jump off. And he says, and he says you know what? Take heart, everybody, because I believe God. I believe the word of the angel. He believed. We've got to take this heart. It's like faith. The foundation of faith is the assurance that this is true. It's the assurance that this is true. That this can never fail. It's the confidence that this, like Paul believed God and the ship was saved. Abraham believed God against all contrary evidence. And he received his miracle child, Isaac, which means laughter. God wants you laughing. Hallelujah. He wants to do that for you this year, 2021. This word, this word, you put pressure on it, it'll produce for you. It will produce for you. It'll produce godly character. You can be the most loving human being on the planet. You can be filled with patience. You can be filled with self-assurance. You can be filled, I tell you what, but it's all based on you in this word. You know what the, you know what the end game with, for God is? That you become established in this book, in the, in, in the word. You become established. You're not tossed to and fro, as it says in Ephesians chapter 4, with every wind of doctrine. Now the economy is this. Now people say this. You're not tossed around. You say, no, 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 I'm not moved by that. I'll tell you what, emotional roller coasters take the joy out of life and, man, they take the energy out. Woo-wee, forget it. I ain't got the time. Get established in the fact that I'm a child of Almighty God. Get established in the fact that I'm made righteous before the eyes of God. Get established in the fact that I can come boldly to the throne of God and God and I are friends. And I can talk to God and he can talk to me. Get established in the fact that he's got a plan for your life. Get established in the fact that everything that you put this word in, it'll work for you every time. And and listen, I don't look to my friends. I don't look to other church members. I look to God. Hallelujah. And so what happens is you stand upon the rock. The rock is Jesus Christ. He said, if you build your house on the rock, you will never fail. What's the rock? The rock is doing what he told you to do. Blessed be God, if God told me that he will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, and this is not a tithing sermon, and pour out a blessing that you won't have room enough to, to receive, and he will rebuke the devourer. If you believe it, I believe it. I flat believe it. I absolutely believe it. I also believe the other part of it. If you don't, then God won't. 
But I also believe, listen, this matter of change. He says, he'll never, cha- he'll never change. She'll never change. Wait a minute. The whole gospel message is about change. It's about your life being changed. That you can believe. One day you believe that Jesus Christ was God. God put enough faith in you to raise your hand and say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. And that brought about a change in your spirit. And you're forever made a new creation. You believed in your heart and you spoke out of your mouth and you were recreated. Let me tell you, God will do that for every action in the word. You can be poor and broke. You can be in debt. But begin to say, God, your word says I can be debt free. And I don't care how under debt I am. I declare that I am debt free by the mighty power of the living God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Man, I just get so stirred up with this. What Jesus said in Mark 11, he said, have the God kind of faith. Have the faith that God has. Have the the faith that God has. If you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, it shall be removed. If you believe in your heart, don't doubt in your heart. Speak what you speak. And that's covered in Romans chapter 10, verse 8. The word of faith is near. He calls this word a word of faith. Faith in what? Faith in the the assurance. I know everything in here is true. That's what it simply means. Everything is true. And I can act upon it as it is true. In Jesus' name. Faith in the heart. Speak it out of the mouth. That's how God created the earth. He said, I believe I I have a world. I believe I have a world. It'll It'll be round. It'll be blue. It'll have green. He spoke it. Isn't it amazing? Then God says to you and me, have the same kind of faith, the same faith I have. Jesus, the Son of God, who is the creator of the earth, he said, have the faith that I got. Let me say this to you. You've got to go to God and say, God, peel off religion off me. Remove my smart mental ascent. Let me become a child again. That it becomes a fresh word, not I know that. No, you don't. And that we're all learning on this thing. Amen? And I don't know about you, but the potential is like, there's no limit. Wait a minute here. Let me think about this. What does God have for my life? He's got blessing. Put pressure on the word. Become so established that you just, everything that hits you, what does the word do? What does it say? I'm speaking what it says. I'm believing what it says. That's the way it is. Look at ministers on the front row here. You need this. But it can't just be here. You've got to act it. You're going to need this in the days to come. But it will bring about that which God put in your heart to do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Many of you here are looking for things in your life right now. There's needs in your life right now. I could go around here. What's your need? 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 God has an answer for every need. But you've got to get it down in your spirit. 
that what he said is absolutely true. If you'll get pressure on that word, it will work for you. No exceptions. I feel like shouting. I feel like running. I feel like saying, Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know why it's so exciting? Because in a hopeless situation, there's hope. In impossible situations, there's a possibility. In places that seem so dark, there's light. Wow. Now that word's not too strong for you, is it? It's not too hard. We're just trying to help you. Just trying to help you. So Father, we come to you and we thank you today that every word of God is true. Forgive us, Lord, where we have minimized the word. Forgive us when we've over-familiarized ourselves with the word. And forgive us for mental assent. We're all guilty of it, Lord. We're all guilty of it. Mentally assenting to the truth, but never really employing the power that's in it. Lord, strip away everything that brings doubt, unbelief, and makes fuzzy the picture of who and what the word is to us. Do a work in us, O oh God, even today. Give us a holy reverence and respect for the word of Almighty God. Help us, to, help us to position ourselves to hear the word continually. Teach us how to put pressure on the word. Teach us how to let the word of God do, do its work for us. To bring change. Change in our personal lives. Change in our finances. Change in our physical bodies. Change in our minds. The Word of God has the power to bring change. Hallelujah. The greatest change still to this day is that He can take a dead spirit and make it alive to God. And the faith that God gives every human being, even unbelievers, He gives you faith enough to call upon Him. You call upon the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. If you're here today, I promise you this, he wants to save your soul. He's given the word of God out. And if you're not sure whether you're saved or you are not right with God or you do not know God, today's your day. You can make it right with him. You can have peace with your Savior. You can know God personally. From, a, from I'm telling you, it's a real, a real God with a real love for you. You can be born of the Spirit. You can have your heart renewed. You can know for sure that you're going to heaven. Don't leave here with doubt in your heart. Don't leave here without the, with a lack of assurance. You need to know that you know that Jesus Christ lives in your heart. You need to know that you know you have peace with God. That if you died today, you'd go straight to heaven because you know that you know that you know. But if you don't know, you need to, make, you need to slip your hand up in a minute and let me pray for you. I pray for you right where you are, that God will touch you. God will fill you with the Spirit, and you'll experience His love and forgiveness. And peace will come into you like you never believe. He'll flood you with such a peace. You'll think you've died and gone to heaven, but no, you're still on the planet. So if that's you, I'm not sure 
but I want to be sure. I've never received it, but I want to receive it. Or I'm not right with God, but I want to be made right. If that's you, on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three, just slip it up. Say, that's me. Pray for me, Pastor. That's me. That's what I want. I want Jesus to be the Son of God for me, my Savior. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Many of you are here today, and you've got major battles you're facing. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your body. Maybe it's in, maybe it's in your own struggle mentally. But God has answers for you today. I mean today. God gave you this word as an answer to the problems that you're facing. If that's you today, you say, that's me. Raise your hand. Say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to have the word made alive to me to push through the issues that I'm facing, that problem that I'm facing. If that's you. Say, yeah, that's me. There's hands there, many hands there, many hands there, many hands there. God's going to push it through. You're going you're to put pressure on the Word. Everybody say, put pressure on the, on the Word. Put pressure on the Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you raise your hand, just stand up. I want to pray for you. I reach my hand of faith to you. I reach my hand of faith to you. Father, you know each need is different. Each need is different. Someone need the favor of God to make a way for them. Someone need a financial breakthrough. Someone need healing in their physical bodies. Some people that need their children brought back to Christ. Their families to be made whole. Whatever the need, God has the answer. God has the answer. Please don't take this word as a word from Pastor Merrick, but it's a word from God. It's a word from God to your heart. From God's heart to your heart. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray right now for each one standing. I pray an anointing of heaven upon their life. I pray, Lord, let light shine on their heart. Let understanding come. Lord, I thank you for showing them the key that can unlock the door, that bring the favor, that bring the blessing, that bring the healing, that bring the, the supply. Let light come in Jesus' name. The more we have the light, the more we have the word, the greater is our dominion and the greater our control over the affairs of life. So we can reign as a king in life by the word of God. In Jesus' name. Everybody say this. We'll say it to those standing. Say, I believe the word of God is truth. And I believe the word of God is the living seed. And I determine to put that living seed, the promises of God, into my heart. And I will put pressure on the Word. I'm going to talk to God about the Word. I'm going to stand upon the Word. I'm putting pressure on the Word. And I will never back off. I will never back down until I see the answer come into my life. I am a believer. I'm not a doubter. I have a full assurance that what God has said, He's able to perform. His word will not return void. Not in my life, it won't. It will produce fruit. I'm going to clear out my heart of all distractions, 
of all fears, all doubt, all unbelief, all things of this world. And I want to focus and pay attention to the Word of God. For the Word of God brings me life, brings me health, brings me victory, brings me success. The Word of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Now listen, I believe God is moving in Jesus' name, supernaturally, on your behalf, in Jesus' name. I know many of you that are standing, I know some of the issues you face, you may be standing for that issue, or maybe it's another one, I don't know. But I feel the anointing of heaven. Tracy, raise your hands. For the anointing of God to destroy that yoke. There's an end to it all, an end to the walk. You'll not live in darkness, but God's going to make a way into the light. Speak that light over you. Speak that light into your life, that your future is bright. It's not hopeless, but hopeful. In Jesus' name, the Word of God comes to you in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Herb, we believe God that He is the way maker. And the favor of heaven comes to your life and opens up doors that no man could ever open, but He'll open. And He will cause His favor to come. And He will bring a release of that pressure you're under. And God is going to assure you by His Spirit that what He's spoken shall come to pass. But I declare it, favor surrounds you like a shield. It surrounds grace. It surrounds your family in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Zach is back. We just pray for... <laughs> He's my friend. Uh, Zach, God's put a, uh, that vision in you, the heart of God, to touch the young people. The dream will not die, but you know how does it work, God? God's going to make a way for you. You got to wait on Him. I hear the Lord say, "Don't get impatient. Don't let frustration get a hold of you. But be faithful and little. God's going to make you rule over much." Now lift your hand up. God's going to touch you. Fill him with your Spirit, God. Let Zach get pushed into the river, completely submerge him. Keep him under till no bubbles come out of him. Submerge in the power of the Holy Ghost, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Actually. Zach, come up here. I just feel the Lord say, come up here. I'm supposed to lay hands on you. I sure love you. Raise your hand. Now, this may be a bit strange from his past, but this is, he decided to come to this church. <laughs> Lord, touch him with your fire. Let that anointing go into him. Fill him. Fill him with the fire of heaven. Let the vision become clear in the name of Jesus. You hear the Lord say, I put that dream in you. I put that passion in you. That's from me. But I'm going to channel it, and it's going to be used for my glory. I hear here a little, there a little. But the Lord's going to cause it to grow in Jesus' name. Fill it with the fire of heaven. Here it comes. That anointing of God that you need to get the job done in the way He wants it done. In Jesus' name. 
Everybody say, thank God for Zach. A man of God. Called, fulfill the plan of God. In Jesus' name. I love that the young people, God's calling people, young ones, with the anointing to go for it. Everybody needs to hug this man with a Pentecostal hug. <laughs> it's okay, Brooke. <laughs> love you. Love you. Now give him a hand. He loves that. Hey, Chad, I noticed you're sitting further back. That's wisdom. Case. Poor Chad, they were right here when they had the explosion. You know, that's gone viral. People are watching that exploding cross from all over the world. They said, what happened? They said, we couldn't see. You're engulfed in flame. We were concerning. It was another Michael Jackson event. They said, when you talk about catch the fire, you'd be on fire. Oh, he's not in mercy. We were placing 10 chairs. People are coming to me, we, but we're, we're buying clothes. My jacket was ruined. My nice jacket shredded. The price of an experience to get the word across. I got to thinking about it. I said, how many pastors in America in their Easter sermon were enveloped in flame? I promise you, not many. Not many. Yeah, that's because they're not that stupid, Pastor. Well, that's outside, whatever. <laughs> Listen, I want you to do something. When you leave here, take up those three by three cards. Invite people to come to the house. Amen. We need to bring in new people. New people. And uh, Dr. John, stand up, Dr. John. Dr. John's a phenomenal chiropractor. Uh, but he's heading up the ministry. We had some people say, but he's going to follow up on people. We're bringing them in. Next week, we have this, these roles will be filled with people from Safe House. This one, next week, you have to move. We've got Safe House coming there. And then we got food trucks. So invite people. Invite people. Let's all stand up. It's later than it's ever been. Pastor Willie, I'm so sorry. Give Pastor Willie a hand. He does a great job. Tony, you do a great job. If you have those communion cups, you could leave those on your chair. We'll take care of those for you. If you are a guest with us in the house today, thank you guys for being here this morning. Uh, we have a quick guest reception right out through those doors down the left hallway there. We'd love to have a cup of coffee with you. Also, no? Oh, oh man. It's okay. Also, in Jesus' name. Um, don't forget, we got the women's brunch coming up. And you men that said that you're going to help serve the women, make sure you be here in Jesus' name. Amen. Also, don't forget, we have prayer meeting. If you don't get a hold of the church uh, newsletter, you need to let someone know at the desk so you can get us, so you can keep up with everything that's going on. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. We give you honor and glory, O oh God, because you're an awesome God. And we thank you for the power of your word. 
Lord, your word works, and we're going to work it this week. We're going to take into our hearts, God, everything that we heard today, and we're going to be doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you need prayer, we have pastors and deacons and elders down front here that will pray with you and for you. Thank you once again for listening to World Harvest Church's podcast. World Harvest Church is pastored by Pastor Merrick and Linda Houghton in Roswell, Georgia. If you're interested in learning more about us, please visit our website at whcga.com. Like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing WHCGA into the search bar on both platforms. And we hope you have a blessed week.